What's up? It's Azesu back again, E-Society Podcast, and this is another Anchor Special Edition. But before I go any further, it's the news. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Anchor time, and you know what that means. It is list time. But before we dive into this list, uh, happy Friday the 13th, uh, May 13th, 2022. Uh, we had the anniversary for the f- original Friday the 13th film back, uh, was it last week or... Hmm. I, the, that being my number one favorite horror film, I should uh, I should know this. Um, let me see. Friday the Thirteenth, nineteen eighty. It came out um, May ninth of nineteen eighty, and I saw it the eleventh. May eleventh is when I seen it because I saw it opening weekend. And scared the hell out of me, but um, I got uh, I got I guess I got to go to the mailbox and get it. But my Friday Thirteenth Part Three uh, Steel Book just came in, so it wasn't in any of the stores. It wasn't in any of the stores, so I had to order it, and they I got the notification it's in my mailbox. So, but <laughs> awesome. too too lazy to go down the street to get it. Um, my mailbox yeah. isn't at my house; it's down the street. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> oh, but um, uh, have you seen other than the original? Because we did the original remake uh, or um, up to the challenge. Have you seen any of the other ones? I have, but uh, not like a full like I'm going to sit and invest through this. It was like, oh, here, Just, this is on. Let me check it out. That kind of thing. Like pieces basically you, i guess you could say you remember which one it was no no, no. <laughs> i'll say but. don't say the one with jason <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah the original one being my favorite I, I love all of them i have the huge box set that scream factory put out uh i did miss the uh steel book uh, that they put out of um the first eight i believe the paramount years uh, they put one out uh, didn't have um, Jason Goes to Hell or uh, Jason X. So, um, and I did miss that very first go around of the of the Steelbook box set. That they, or it was like a steel case with all the Blu-rays in it. Um, it had um, the nothing against Kane Hodder, but I hated Jason Goes to Hell. And I hated the way Jason looked in that one. Like a big old huge mongoloid, crazy, deformed marshmallow head or something Ah, Jason goes to hell I hate that movie but anyway uh, (laughs) we're coming to uh, listchallenges.com and this is 25 movies that are basically perfect Uh, some looking at these some I have not seen well one I have not no yeah one I did not see but I'm going to start with 25 this is the, the 1941 film Citizen Kane. I believe we did talk about this one a few we weeks ago. Yep. Uh, I yep. don't remember much of it, <laughs> so I couldn't tell you if it was like perfect. I seen it just to say I seen it, but I, I don't right. really remember. And much. that's one of the reasons why I did see it. I remember hearing the hype that you know it was the perfect movie. It was the uncontested number one film of all time. That's why you know you had to see it. And then of course, uh, like I mentioned on that pod. The, the the famous uh, Rosebud uh, quote where uh, I think that's the majority of the film. It starts with that idea. They're trying to figure out this guy. Why would he say that like on his deathbed? And it's like the story of this guy's life. And it turns out like that was his sled when he was a kid. So I guess it's like, I don't know. It's like pointing that way, I guess that like, you could have like all the power in the world, but like the smallest thing could be the most important thing in the world to you, I guess. Yeah. Um, following the death of a publishing tycoon, Charles Foster Kane reporters scrambled to uncover the meaning of his final utterance. I think that's how you say that rosebud. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I dude, I, I don't even remember this movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I would have sled. to see it. 
It's the sled. I'd say spoiler alert, but this is a movie from the 1940s we're talking about. So. Yeah, if you have <laughs> yeah, HBO Max, <laughs> if you have HBO Max, it, it, it's on there. Um, but uh, moving, uh, I'm not. That was number 25. Starting going to 24, I'm just going backwards. Um, this is the 1993 uh, Steven Spielberg. I believe it won best best picture, and I'm pretty sure he won best director, but I could be wrong. Uh, and this is Schindler's List. I own this film, but I have seen it once. I this is one of those films that you have to be in the mood to yeah. just cry and Definitely. and be sad yep. about it. But with that being said, as far as it being a perfect film, this film is amazing. I loved it. Right. I cried my eyes out in it. And thing, big middle fingers up to all you idiots that uh, I'm sure it's none of you guys, but um, there's idiots to say that the Holocaust didn't happen. I mean, you can take that shit and <laughs> shove it up your ass. But man, this film was just oh. <laughs> but the, the thing that I loved about it was all black and white, but the things that I loved is there was very subtle every now and then something would be in color. And uh, I thought that yeah. was I yeah. thought that was really cool. The the part that comes to to mind was the big I think it was in the beginning when the uh the Nazis are are, are storming that 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 town, that village or city or whatever, and all the little kids are just running for their lives. Uh they focus in on these uh I think it was either brother or sister, I can't remember. It was two little kids, but I remember they jumped into like a um I guess a porta potty or something uh, just to hide. And when they get down there, there's a bunch of other little kids in there hiding as well. I was like, Oh my God. I mean, I do eventually want to make it out to that museum. Uh, I think it's, I think it's in DC, the Holocaust museum. I think that's what it's called. Um, Renee went, she just said it was just, it was just heartbreaking. And then at the end of their tour, they talked to to one of the survivors. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, I, I would yeah, love to fun. hear that. But I know I would just be standing there crying because I just. Uh, right, but right. as far as that, this movie is amazing. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it like on HBO or something. Yeah, did you see I one? didn't see it in the theater. I was. 14 when it came out and I remember hearing all about it and how heavy it was. So didn't see it till years later, but yeah, obviously uh, super masterpiece and uh, heavy. And uh, it's interesting too. Like I said, you said you hadn't seen in a while, but um, one of the most interesting things to me is how they, they did end it with the, uh, it, it was modern day for the nineties there where all the, uh, uh, all these survivors that uh, Schindler helped like visited his grave at the end of the film. So it was like a cool, like it stepped out of the story, even though it's a real story, like, and really showed like this real impact. So that's awesome. You know? Yeah. Liam Neeson was, was amazing in his role. Uh, Ralph Fiennes being, uh, uh, I assume the main Nazi or whatever. Um, this is the, <laughs> when I see him and other things, I know a lot of people think of him as just Voldemort. Um, but uh, <laughs> this is the movie. Every time I see him, he's done a bunch of amazing films and, and I loved him. Yeah. I really loved him in Red Dragon. But this is the movie that comes back to, to mind on how what a fucking brutal killer he was. Uh, in You've seen film. In Bruges, right? Which one? You've seen In Bruges? Colin um, Farrell. Oh yes. Okay, I did. I, I love that film. Uh, parts of it, especially now, are like inappropriate to the language and whatnot. But um, like, I feel like they wouldn't make it today the same way. But yeah. uh, it's still it's awesome film. And even though he has a small part of it, I for some reason always think of that when I think of him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, amazing film. Um, I think it was HBO. I can't remember. I just clicked away from it. But moving on to 23, uh, the 1958 um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock film, Vertigo. Uh, I, of course, I didn't see it in 58. I saw it uh, when <laughs> it made its TV run. 
Um, I, I saw it when I was really young and didn't really understand it. But then Renee and I got into this. Let's start watching these old classic films uh, of Alfred Hitchcock. So, of course, we started off with Psycho and then we, then we rolled in the Vertigo. I mean, I love this film. Jim, James Stewart is just amazing in it. And um, I just thought it was an awesome film. Uh, a former San Francisco police detective juggles wrestling with his personal demons and becoming obsessed with a hauntingly beautiful woman he has been hired to trail who may be deeply disturbed. I have not seen this film in a very long time, but um, this one, I, I loved it. I thought it was an awesome film, but I couldn't tell you if it was a perfect film. I've only seen it in Maybe three times. Um, so I, I really couldn't tell you if this is a perfectly film, but it is a classic film. I don't have it in my collection, yeah. but I would probably get it uh, eventually. When did you foresee this one? Yeah, uh, it, like you, it wasn't uh, until I did a run of the Hitchcock classics. Um, and, you know, it's 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 hard to say, like, almost everything, like, is, like, classic and whatnot. It's not my favorite of his. My go-to is uh, Rear Window. But uh, I definitely understand Vertigo getting that rating. Uh, probably the last time I watched it was probably around 10 years ago now, I would say. Uh, that, that range, 2012, 2013-ish. I need to get that film, too. It's been a while. Definitely due for a revisit. Rear window I need to get. Um, so good. <laughs> I think Psycho is the only one that I have. No, I, I have uh, The Birds uh, as far as um, Alfred Hitchcock films. But I, I, I'll probably yeah, get this I one. I love some Rear point. Window. So good. <laughs> no, That's that re- perfect to me. <laughs> yeah, that remake with Christopher Reeve, uh, Superman. Oh, Awesome film, and I love Christopher yeah. Lee, but it just it just made me sad to see Superman like that. Yeah. Like, oh, man. But I know. Awesome <laughs> film if you guys haven't seen that Vertigo remake. But uh, moving on to number 22, this is the 1994 uh, Frank Durbont film uh, adapted from one of the Stephen King stories, and this is The Shawshank Redemption. Um, oh, yeah. I'm instant. Uh, two imprisoned men bond over a number of years, finding solace in event- eventual redemption uh, through acts of common decency. Yes, this film is amazing. Um, Tim Robbins, yeah, uh, Morgan Freeman, William Sandler, uh, Bob Gunton, uh, Clancy Brown, and so on and so on in this film. A lot of uh, guys of Frank Durbont, his personal friends, he always throws in his movies, so I love uh, that he does that. Frank Durbont, awesome guy. I met him at Comic-Con once, and then I met him. Last time I met him was at NAMM. And uh, I got to speak to him a little bit more at NAMM because we, like, had a conversation. And when I was introducing him to um, uh, Marky and, and Renee, I was just rambling off all the films that he had done. And he was just like, wow. He goes, you really follow my <laughs> my my movie career and then television career? I said, I said, I love just about everything you were a part of. I said, I haven't seen all of it, but these ones were my favorite. And he was like, wow. And he, and he gave me a hug. That's cool. Like, he was like, thank That's you, cool. man. He was like, you're was the one. Close. That- <laughs> I, I saw you talking. I was there. <laughs> he was like, thank you. You're the one that watches everything. I went, oh, okay. But um, Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> uh, I didn't see this in the theater. I saw it when it came on like HBO or something. But um, this film is awesome. Uh, Renee and Eric recently watched this film. They were, um, well, Eric got into Stephen King uh, movies. So he was just running down this list that he had. And this was one of them. I told him, he just didn't, they just didn't make. His horror, his horror ones, his horror stories. They made other ones like this and Stand By Me and The Green Mile and all that. Uh, speaking of uh, Stephen King, the new um, remake of Firestarter came out uh, today. It's in the theater as well as it's on Peacock. Um, we'll talk about that when we get to a regular episode. But, um, oh, excuse me. Eric's going to watch. He didn't watch Firestarter yet. So he's going to watch the original and then we're going to watch uh, the remake later on uh, tonight. So, but Shawshank, the Shawshank Redemption, awesome, awesome film. Oh, um, 
Stephen King's films, they're all in the King universe. So they all come together some way or another. I mean, you you have to do your homework, everyone, and look it up. I mean, cause, but they all, the even the horror ones are, are mentioned <laughs> in some of these, a lot of the films and everything. So definitely check that out. Um, oh, what was that thing you guys did at Comic-Con? Um, it was you, Renee, and Eric. Was it Stephen, was it the... For uh, the, uh, the show, Castle Rock. Yeah, Castle Rock, yeah. See, like all that was had something to do with it as well. I still haven't watched that yet. All I watched was the first episode, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, this wouldn't be my favorite uh, out of the the three. This is uh, 1974's uh, The Godfather Part 2. Uh, I believe this is the one that took up t- took place up in Tahoe. Um, I really love the first one. I, I know that one more than I know the second and the third. Um, I know the first one won Best Picture as well as this one. Um, this one seems to be everybody's favorite uh, out of the out of the trilogy. Um, I I don't I seen this like a couple times. I mean I remember seeing it uh, at the drive-in, but I was just little. Um, I saw what was going on on the screen, but I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, it was something my mom and dad wanted to see. So, but. I think the only thing I really remember of that first time at the drive-in was uh, the music, the actual Godfather theme. I, other than that, I don't really remember any of this film. Um, I seen it, I'd say it was sometime in the 90s was the last time I saw it. Because um, one day it was like all three movies were on. I just sat there and watched them all, commercials and all. But uh the early life and career of Vito Corleone in the 1920s New York City is portrayed while his son Michael expands and tightens his grip on the family crime syndicate. Um, when was the last time you saw this one? Yeah, it's been a while, and I've been thinking about a uh, Godfather rewatch for a while. I know they got that new uh, Paramount Plus show where it talks about the... Uh, how it all came to be like the, the filming. And I guess that's a whole interesting story on itself. They made a TV show about it. So uh, it's been a while, but yeah, um, obviously you can't deny, um, you know, classic, <laughs> especially uh, too, as far as uh, everything I hear that um, every time you see um the Godfather talked about everybody puts two up top. Yeah. Um, I really love the first one. The third one, honestly, I only seen that once. And I saw that that day it came out. Um, was it, it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. I can't really, I, I don't really remember. Um, but I remember us going to, uh, See it, and it came okay. It came out in 1990. What year or what month was this? I, I want to say November comes to mind. Uh, oh, Christmas, <laughs> December 25th. I knew it was a holiday. Um, uh, I went to see it with my buddy, uh, he's Jewish, so uh, they don't do Christmas. <laughs> so he goes, It's because he got brother three. I was like, All right, so we went and saw it, and I just remember sitting there going. This is this is how it's gonna end. <laughs> so, but okay. Again, I I probably need to sit down and watch that one again too. I only saw it the one time, and I remember leaving the theater not really impressed uh, with it. But all right, moving on to twenty. This was an amazing film, and I thought it was a perfect film. Uh, this was the uh, the best picture in uh, twenty twenty, and this is uh, no 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 mod nomad land or nomad land, however you want to say it. That one with um. Uh, Academy Award winner, um, what the hell's in there? Francis McDermott. Uh, did you end up seeing this one? I didn't. I didn't see that one. Nomadland. Yeah, that's the one. Um, I this this is one of the ones that I I only saw it because it was up for Best Picture, <laughs> and I believe uh, uh, Chloe Zhao, I think that's her name. I believe she won uh, for Best Director. Don't don't quote me. I'm just trying to remember. I did remember that it did win Best Picture. 
Uh, a woman in her 60s, after losing everything in the Great Recession, embarks on a journey through the American West, living in a van-dwelling modern-day no living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Uh, the film is really, really slow, but I thought it was good. Uh, if you have Hulu, it's on there. If you haven't seen it, it's it's a slow burn, but but it's a really, really good film. I highly recommend that one. I it didn't make my list, but well, I guess this came out after. We did our best of uh, 2019 because this no dark 2020 or whatever it was. I don't just remember it was. I saw it right around uh, Academy Award time. But all right, a, another moving on 19. Another best picture uh, for 2008, and this is Slumdog Millionaire. This film was awesome. I did not really expect or know much about this film. Uh, it was up for best picture, so I'll, you know me. I'm gonna sit down there and watch it. Uh, my wife and I went and saw it in the movie theater, and I was like, wow, this movie was amazing. Did you see this one in the theater? I did. I remember hearing the hype and then seeing it, and yeah, I felt like it uh, lived up to the hype. It was one of those ones that, uh, again, I didn't really know uh, about it. A Mumbai teenager reflects on his life after being accused of cheating on the Indian version of who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, I loved him. He was uh, doing who wants to be a millionaire, but he was answering all the questions and just getting closer and closer to the million. And then I remember during like the, it wasn't really the breaks, but um, they were like almost like to the point of torturing him. Like, are you cheating? How do you know all these answers? But how he guessed his answers. For those of you that didn't see the film, spoiler alert. Um, he all this life events that happened to him is, is how he answered these questions, and I, it was just awesome. Um, if you have AMC Plus, it's streaming on there. I think I have this on Blu-ray somewhere. I, I know I have it, but yeah, I remember leaving the theater like, wow. Uh, this movie was awesome. Uh, they did have the the big Bollywood number uh, at the end when the credits were rolling and they were all singing and dancing. Um, I thought the uh, young woman that was in it was just beautiful. A Frida Pinto, I think that was her name. Um, and the, the main kid, uh, Dev Patel, he played uh, older Jamal. I thought he was good. But the guy that, um, that was like the host of the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire – and now Kapoor, oh, I hated that guy. <laughs> but this was an amazing film. The part that I remember the most is when he, um, uh, there was an action star that he loved as a kid, and I think he dropped something down that little hole where all the crap was, and he jumped in it uh, to go get it. And then he came running up with it to have that guy sign, and he was just covered in shit. Um, that's that's the part I remember the most in this film. But yes, as far as just being a, a perfect film, it, yes, this is definitely a, a perfect film. All right, moving on to eighteen. Um, we talked about this a couple of times, but I don't, we never really dove into it. But this is 1999's Fight Club. Ah, oh, this movie. Um, I didn't see it in the theater. I rented it the first time, I believe so. Um, I think David, yeah, David Fincher directed this with uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Edward Norton. And an insomniac office worker and a devil may care soap maker form an underground fight club that involves evolves into much, much more. The thing that I really remember about not the film, but around this time was seeing uh, Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace, and the trailer was right before the film. And I remember going, "Wow, what is this?" <laughs> and I, again, I didn't see the I didn't see the film until much much later. But uh, did you see this one in the theater? I did. Yes, and uh, it was one of those cool ones. I, I, I it's of the era. Uh, for me, of Blair Witch, I put it in the category, and uh, Sixth Sense. There was that that whole era right there at the end of the 90s where 
you heard the buzz and people are like, oh, you got to see it. It's crazy. Like, I don't want to tell you. Matrix, I would even throw in that mix. Like, you just got to see it. And, you know, it was before, like, you know, internet really got going and whatnot. So it was just like that buzz that came with it. And Fight Club had that. Um, my buddy has, um, he went to something around the time it came out and they were handing out bars of soap that said fight club yeah. on it. <laughs> so awesome. He still has it. I tried to get it out of him. I said, you don't need this, man. You're not that big of a collector. Just let me have it. It's like, fuck you. I want this. So, but, uh, his name is Robert Polson. Um, rest in peace, meatloaf. Uh, the guy with bitch tits. <laughs> that, shit, that was funny. Um, this is the only film that I really loved. Uh, what's her name in it? Um, uh, was it Helena Bottom Carter or whatever her name is? I didn't really care for some of the other stuff she was in, but I, I liked her in this one. Uh, being um, a Marla singer. But this was one of those movies, nobody spoiled it to me, so I didn't know anything about it i mean when there's when the 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 trailers and everything all you hear is the first rule of fight club is do not talk about fight club and and all that so i thought it was going to be nothing but fighting in this film the actual fighting is only like not that that much because there's a big huge intro but before the actual fighting starts and then uh, once the fighting starts, there's only so many in, so much in it, and it's not that much. And then it goes into project, whatever they did at the end when they blew up the the buildings and all that. Project Mayhem, uh, with all the stuff that they were doing. Oh, excuse me, but um, I did like all the parts when they were saying that um, uh, when Tyler Durden was coming up with all these things and have all those dudes. Uh, doing their their dirty work, like going into video stores with a giant magnet and demagnetizing or magnetizing all the uh, the videotapes and, and everything. But uh, this movie was crazy. Uh, I was telling Eric about it, but I, I didn't tell him too much. I didn't want to ruin it for him. But I think so. We're gonna sit down uh, one day and watch it. But yeah, Fight Club, awesome film. Um, and as far as it being perfect, it was to me. I I just thought it was an amazing film. This next one, I wasn't really that big of a fan of it, and I've I've watched it a few times. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, I take that back. I thought this was the second one. This is the first one that came out in 2015. This is number 17, and this is Creed. The second one is the one I wasn't that was like, eh, it was all right. But I remember, if you guys remember when me talking about this film, saying how awesome it is. But I went into that theater not really thinking it was going to be anything uh or just the further adventures of, of the italian stan italian stallion italian stallion now he's got his his little protege and it turns out to be uh adonis creed uh the illeg- illegitimate son of apollo creed and i remember leaving the theater like wow this movie was awesome uh and i i love it i think out of all the rocky films which i do love um, this one I can go back to over and over again. The second one I have seen a few times, but I've watched the first one. Uh, I don't know how many times, but uh, as far as it being a perfect film, I, I can agree. This film was amazing. Did you see this after I saw it or did you see it in the theater? Uh, I did see it in the theater and it was one of those like, you heard about it and it was coming out and it was like, eh, yeah, they did that Rocky comeback a few years prior. And that was like, okay. And everything. But then you just heard, just like I've been saying about a lot of these, you heard the buzz. And I remember thinking like, it, I, I felt like it was probably going to be like the, the, the previous Rocky, Rocky Balboa is what I thought it was going to be like. And then what it ended up being like, I, I was shocked. And I was like, whoa, like they really did something here. So I remember like it lived up to the hype that way. Yeah, I thought. um, uh, What's Killmonger's name? Uh, Michael B. Jordan. uh, I thought he did an amazing job in this in this film. And uh, the director, uh, Ryan Coogler, he just did an awesome job. Um, I'm, did he direct the second one? I, I 
think someone else did. I'm not really sure. But um yeah, I mean I again I was going I went into there like not really thinking in. Yeah, as far as was it Ro- Rocky Balboa was the one right before this one. I liked that film. I thought it was it was good. Um not so much with the fighting at the end, but I did like the the story up to that. But uh, I thought this was a good story to keep um, the Rocky saga going. But I think now I, I believe that they're going to do a Creed three. Don't um, don't quote me on that one. Um, I think I, they are, but I heard uh, Coogler's not involved, which has got some people definitely questioning that. You know. Uh. What's his name's in the third one? Um, Kang the Conqueror. Uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, he's in it. Um, oh. <laughs> is uh, Michael B. Jordan's directing that one? Uh, okay, but uh, who okay, did the second? Okay. Who did who did the second one? Oh, Stephen uh, Cable Jr. Uh, directed the second one. That was the one. I I still enjoy it, but it just it, it wasn't as awesome as the first film. Uh, but as again, as far many times on the show, as we've said many times on the show, your review of Creed Two it completely deflated me on it. I was like, "Yeah, I'm as hyped. We're going to the theater." And then I heard your review, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm not in a rush. I didn't see it in the theater. I didn't even see it when it first came out on video. I don't think I saw it till it was streaming." <laughs> uh, you saw when we did um, uh, Up to the Challenge. <laughs> That's when uh, I believe you saw it the first time. But uh, who knows? Creed may be a, a rewind uh, for us. So, but, or um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, moving on to number 16. Uh, this film was amazing. I loved it. Uh, shout out to Brother Courtney. He was the one that hit me to this film. And, um, it won Best Picture uh, in 2019, and this is Parasite. Did you see this one? You know what? It's crazy. I haven't, and I know oh. I, I know it's it's on. It's been on streaming, and uh, I've looked at it a few times, and I just never hit play. Dude, this is one of those ones you got to sit there and watch because you got to read it. Oh yeah. Oh. So yeah. it's not just one. Ah, let me clean the house while this. No, you got to sit that's, there and read the exactly. read the whole film. Right. But um, as far as it being a perfect film, yes, uh, okay. I did. I did not know what this movie was about. Courtney was going, "Oh man, this I heard this is good. We should go see it." Um, uh, I don't even think he went. I didn't go. I uh, I watched it, and um, <laughs> that 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 same day he told me about it. I saw that it was playing in the theater, and then I. Uh, set sail and uh, found it. And yeah, but man, this movie was hella good. Uh, I picked it up uh, once it came out on Blu-ray, and uh, I was really, really happy uh, when it won Best Picture. And the uh, the director, I, I'm not even trying to pronounce his name, he was awesome in his speech because at the end he goes, "Now, now I just want to get drunk." Because <laughs> he was happy he won. Uh, Parasite, definitely check that film out. I believe it is on um, Hulu. So check it out there. All right, this next film, it did win Best Picture. And James Cameron did win Best Director for it. I did not care for the first two hours. All I wanted to see was the end. And this is 1997's Titanic. As far as it being a perfect film, the ending was... Well, I I didn't really care for uh, the love story. I, mean, I love Leo, Academy Award winner Leo, and Academy Award winner uh, Kate uh, uh, Winslet. Um, she's beautiful. I love her in this. And uh, the, the late and great Bill Paxton is in this as well. James Cameron, amazing director. Billy Zane. Uh, but I just... I didn't really care for this film. I didn't even see the 3D version that, that came out. I saw it once in the theater, and that was enough. I've seen seen it multiple times, but uh, only the ending. Like, if it was on HBO or whatever, I'd be watching something else and flick back and forth and, and watch the end. Because I thought that was amazing with, with uh, the special effects uh, that they did and actually having everybody in this big, huge tank. Uh, full of water and everything, them being in it. And yeah, that shit at the ending was sad. <laughs> oh, man, it had me crying. But um, 
I think right when they they hit the iceberg and everything goes down uh, down no pun intended uh then I I really loved all that. I thought it was really exciting and everything, but the whole love story and all that the first 2 hours of the film, I was like, "Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> uh, just get to the end." <laughs> um did you see this one in the theater? I did. Uh I think we mentioned this on another list not too long ago. Um I saw it. It 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 was one of those. Um, it came out right at the holidays, and then I didn't see it until Valentine's Day. I remember it was still going strong. That was the power of this movie. The word of the mouth, especially in that time in that era, you know, pre everybody being on the internet. Um, I saw it with a bunch of coworkers at uh, Target when I worked at Target up in uh, the Reno area, Sparks area for uh, at uh, Valentine's. That's when we went to see it, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was impressed. But just I, I would say both Titanic and Avatar to me, I remember the buzz and the hype for both uh, James Cameron. You know, awesome. But I remember both of those films being like, yeah, good. But the hype, it doesn't live up to the hype, in my opinion, both Titanic and Avatar. So, And then we get this uh, trailer for uh, uh, the next <laughs> Avatar in um, the front of Strange. And I see the internet going crazy for it. All these people on Twitter, you, you look at the Avatar thing and it's people like, James Cameron, the master returns. This is beautiful. This is the best thing I've seen. This is the best footage I've seen all year. Uh, instant classic. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> like I remember watching the theater and I was like, eh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when, when we saw it too, I was kind of like, Okay. I don't see what you guys are excited about. I mean, the first one, it, it was what it was. I mean, is it in my list of best movies ever made? No. Um, it, it would be at the low end of my favorite James Cameron films, but yeah. Uh, same here. But the one, the trailer I did get hyped for was Maverick, uh, the longer one. When they they just they just showed a picture of Iceman, and that was enough for me to go, oh yeah. Uh, shout out to Val Kilmer, um, but. Yeah, Avatar. Duh, all right, maybe we need to do a rewind. I have not. I don't even own that film. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen it in forever, so <sighs> I don't know. I'm sure it's streaming. Is it on? It's on Disney Plus, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's on there. All right. So um, back to Titanic. I just should say the two lives I kind of had with it was one um, when it first came out in '99. And then um, I think it was the uh, 10-year anniversary Blu-ray came out, and that was a thing. And Jade was of, it felt like that perfect age, being like, you know, nine, that she was. Um, it was a perfect time to introduce it to her. So I remember being that being a thing, and she was really excited for it, and she was into it. So, Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Um, I've seen this one once. It won Best Picture. Uh, this is 2003's uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Oh, yeah. I don't remember this movie perfect. at all. Uh, well, let me, hold, oh, let me go back. As far as Titanic being the perfect film, the ending was... Uh, d -d 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 yeah, that's all I can say about that one. But, and, but Lord of the Rings, Return of the King... I saw this once, dude. I, I don't remember it. I remember when wow. they finally got to Mordor and threw the ring in there and all that, and uh, uh, Gollum biting his finger off. But that, that's about as much as I remember uh, of this film. Yeah. I, I have all of them. I haven't even watched Hobbit yet. I bought that box set, and it's just sitting on the shelf. I haven't even seen any of those. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I was there. I was there for every single one. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, Return of the King, and the three Hobbit films. Um, the, especially the the this original Lord of the Rings trilogy. 
it's 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 cool now we can see these movies like I, the most recent one i went to see dr strange was a four o'clock in the afternoon showing opening but uh what it used to be is you could do no better than midnight showings for these big releases phantom menace attack of clones all the star wars movies midnight shows lord of the rings it was all midnight shows and i remember like you know lying around the buildings for these things so but uh, yeah, to me, Return of the King really, it really is perfect in that like you went on this huge journey. I remember watching the first Lord of the Rings and after uh, the fall of uh, Gandalf, I remember thinking like, oh, the movie is about to end. And there's still like so much more movie to go after the fall of Gandalf in that movie. I was like, man, they really keep it rolling. But what I love most about Return of the King and why I would consider it perfect is um, the same thing that actually a lot of people clown it for. I love it for. And it's that it took, like, you went on this journey, you invested all this time, and they pay off everything in the ending. It's got the great climactic thing with uh, Gollum and the ring, you know, everything like that. But then after that, you get the cool, like they really take their time to, you get all the characters going back to their lives and you get to see. And I love that in contrast, I would compare it to the way Harry Potter ended. We did what? Eight films of that. I didn't see it. And- <laughs> I already know well, what happened, okay, but without, I didn't see it. <laughs> without spoil, I can't believe you haven't seen Potter, but without spoiling it, the climactic event happens and like minutes later, the film is over and the series is over. And I was like, that's it. Like we, we went on this huge journey (laughs) and the climactic event happens. And then it's like, okay, it's over. And in turn, like I say, that's why I, why I consider like, I love the way they ended return of the King. They like, they really gave you closure on every little thing that you could want. It had that, huge climax and then yeah it paid off like this is where this person's going this is where that person's going and it leaves you like really satisfied like you spent like each film is like three hours you spent like nine hours it's good to put a closure on not to be like okay yeah it's over (laughs) i I don't remember (laughs) So. so yeah i know it got clowned for that everybody's like it has like seven endings but i'm like I want that. You, you, we'd spent all this time. Like, let me, you know, give me that. I want to see what happens with these characters. Do you have these on Blu-ray? I do. Are they the theatrical or the extended versions? The extended. All right. Then I'm, I'm cause I have the extended DVDs, but uh, I want to upgrade it. So, um, yeah. I'm getting ready to get a 4K player, so I guess I can get it that way. But anyway, yeah, the Return of the King, I I, I couldn't, but the Zisu, yeah, we'll, we'll go by what he yeah. says because I don't remember <laughs> this movie at all. Um, but all right, this film, this next one, I have no idea, never seen it. This is number 13. This is Manchester by the Sea. Came out in 2016. I have no idea what this movie is about. Have you seen this? No, because I heard I did hear what it was about. I think it has to do with like uh like a, a suicide and then like the person that was close to it still like gets to know the family or something like that. So um I remember there was something wasn't there like something controversial about it too? Like at the same time, like uh Casey Affleck was like in trouble like with the law and whatnot so did he it get was kind of weird. in this one i think <laughs> i i don't yeah I'm, I'm just guessing i mean that seems to be so. what everyone's doing in hollywood but uh a depressed uncle is asked to take care of his teenage nephew after the boy's father dies hmm. yeah kind of quick and to the point i i don't really know much about this or anything than what i just read yeah. Uh, but this is Casey Affleck and uh, Michelle Williams and a bunch of other people. So, yeah, I was never I, I, really I that excited to check it out. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it's on Amazon, so I guess I'll check it out some at some point. But I think it was their first movie done for them streaming. 
I think right. that was one of its claim to fames. All right. Well, I'll have to check it out. Um, I believe I made you watch this one. It might have been up to the challenge. But this film, I'm going to tell you right now, perfect, amazing. It was a perfect film. And this is 2016's The Witch. Uh, a family in the 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. Oh, my God. I wasn't really, didn't know what to expect when I saw this film. But when it was said and done, I saw it twice. And no, three times in the theater. I bought it when it came out. And I love this movie. Um, it was just awesome. Uh, this is when I first seen uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. And some of the side characters I had seen in other films. But this is the first one that really stood out to me. as This, this chick's going to go somewhere. Uh, and she has, but I got to give my hat goes off to Harvey Grimshaw. I think that's his name. He uh, played her brother, Caleb, that little kid, man. He acted his ass off in this film. Um, cinematography, uh, score, the creepy factor of it. It's a really, really slow burn, but I thought this film was amazing. There's only an hour and 32 minutes and it seemed to fly by pretty quick. Um, we did it up to the channels uh, with this one. What did you think of this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. And yeah, it's great. Uh, the director is why I, I knew you also loved his uh, Lighthouse film. So that's how I knew you were going to be a fan of uh, The Northman. I remember uh, texting you recently before you got a chance to see it, predicting it would make your uh, into your top 10 list. So we'll see if it can hang on. But uh yeah, The Witch. I understand. It's a worthy contender. Amazing film. Uh, this next one uh, is number 11. i seen it once. I did laugh, but I couldn't really tell you what uh, it was about. But uh, I'm going to hand this over to Zisu because this is one of his favorites. And this is 2014's The Grand Budapest Hotel. Take hey, it away. <laughs> my guy, Wes Anderson. Yeah, obviously to me, Pretty much his entire catalog is classics, but I get why uh, Grand Budapest is thought of that way. It's just the way, obviously, every one of his films, the detail, but especially with Grand Budapest, not only does it have the detail, it's the layered story and the story within the story uh, that's taking place, but... Uh, Obviously, he always has the huge ensemble cast, so it's awesome to see that there. And yeah, um, I think for a lot of people, when they talk Wes Anderson, a lot of people, they'll, they'll either throw out uh, Tenenbaums or uh, Rushmore. Uh, obviously for me, this is <laughs> but uh, I get why Budapest is so celebrated because it is... It's it's so layered and the performance is so good and uh, thoughtful too. And then, um, you know, not that his other films aren't, but like, yeah, it definitely uh, leaves you like feeling something after you've seen it. So, yeah, I definitely get uh, why Grand Budapest is on the list. <laughs> the Grand Budapest Hotel. A writer encounters the owner of an aging high-class hotel who tells him of uh, his early years servicing as a lobby boy in the hotel's glorious years under an exceptional concierge. Um, oh, it's got, what's his name in it? Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, he's, hey, he's uh, pretty much the main dude. Adrian Brody. Um, what was a little... Uh, Bellhop boy's name. Of course, Bill Murray Tony and Edward Norton. Rivoli? Yeah. Oh, uh, my gal, Tilda Swinton, uh, the beautiful social Rowan. I think I said her name. Um, yeah, Tony. Was he, wasn't he in Spider-Man? Yeah. He's, uh, he's Flash. a Flash. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, I mean, from what I remember, man, it, it was funny and it's got his... His all his friends in it that he always puts in his films. So, yep. um, <laughs> I saw this movie once. <laughs> I don't really remember. Have you seen uh, the most recent one? No, I have not. Aren't Isn't it bet? streaming somewhere now? Pretty sure it's streaming on HBO. Um, okay. 
like I said before, this one this one is his most dense he's done. So you definitely got to be in the mood to watch it. Um, and also, it's basically uh, three short stories is what it is. So, yeah. Out of his film, Moonrise, watch it <laughs> Moonrise Kingdom was my favorite one out of uh, Wes Anderson's. So, oh, excuse me. But we got to we obviously just because of uh, the name I use on the show, uh, we need to do a rewatch on uh, Zisu. <laughs> the, the Life Aquatic. Yeah. Yeah. I have to do that one at some point. But um, everyone, uh, this is going to be a two parter. So we're going to come back yeah. uh, with the next episode Sounds- with uh, the top 10 of 25 movies that are basically perfect. So well, let me run from the bottom. Uh, 25 was Citizen Kane, 24 Schindler's List, 23 Vertigo, 22 The Shawshank Redemption, 21 The Godfather Part 2, uh, 20 Nomadland, uh, 19 Slumdog Millionaire, 18 Fight Club, 17 Creed, 16 Parasite, 15 Titanic, 14 The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, 13 Manchester by the Sea, 12 The Witch, and number 11 The Grand Budapest Hotel. We got 10 more for you, so come back uh, next episode. Uh, The only reason we're cutting this short, I need to put these boys to bed. And they're in there. Sounds like they're tearing up the living room. So, yeah, yeah. It's also uh, Warriors uh, Grizz, uh, Game 6. I've been on emotional high and low the whole time. But uh, (laughs) hopefully uh, kept it together for the show. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, we're gonna end it. We're gonna end it right here, everyone. So come back uh, next time for part two when we give you the top ten. But before we get out of here, uh, please check out everything. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you. Tell your moms. Tell you. Tell your dads and your friends uh, about us. Um, uh, go over to Podbean and check out uh, the Scatterness Podcast. Uh, Scatterness Podcast Network, where you can hear all everything the East Society, Magnus, everything in the whole East Society galaxy. Uh, over there and uh, follow us on Instagram at East Society Pod. Still trying to get that thing figured out. Um, but you can follow the MacNez Pod. I do put East Society stuff on there. And check us out on our personals at MacNez and at the Zisu. Uh, follow us uh, all on Twitter, uh, the MacNez Pod and East Society Pod on Twitter. Uh, follow us on TikTok, um, East Society Pod, and YouTube, just East Society Podcast. Well, what is this? Who is this dude? Oh, Jason, Jason Tatum. <laughs> okay, I was like, who's he? <laughs> he just uh, had a huge game as the Celtics forced Game Seven, <laughs> winner take all on Sunday. Buck Celtics. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, <it> makes sense. <laughs> You know, <laughs> all right. Uh, also, go over to T Public and uh, check out uh, our uh, our E Society podcast uh, T shirts. Uh, it's just got the old design. We got new designs coming, but we had to throw something up there. So we got that. You got the Magnez uh, podcast shirt as well. Definitely uh, get one for yourself and uh, for whoever you love. And um, shout out to everyone that's gotten them. Uh, so thank you so much. Um, we only get like a little bit of the money, but hey, it's better than nothing. <laughs> so, well, but with that, uh, I'll put all the links and everything uh, in the show notes where you can get T-shirts and all that and follow us everywhere else. So, uh, so with that, just be safe out there. Come back uh, later for part two uh, of this, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. So until then, party on. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As we're recording, 55-54. Warriors better finish tonight. Otherwise, we're in a world of hurt going back to Memphis for Game 7 on Monday. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> till next time, have fun, be safe, and we'll see you next time. Be safe.